Hey guys, it's Adam from Casper Dog Training. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, this is episode four, and we're going to discuss today a really important topic, probably the most important personally to me, and that's recall. It's commonly referred to as come when called or hear, um, lots of different ways of saying it, but uh, I'm going to teach you a couple of real bulletproof ways that you can get your dog to come when called, and we can also step back in time a little bit and talk about how do you get your reactive dog or your dog that has problems with impulse control to do something that's productive and that you like this way I kind of get them out of the behavior and it kind of pairs with the, the command leave it so here we go all right everybody uh thanks for tuning in and listening uh, i appreciate all your support so far i can see that the listenership is climbing and um getting lots of listens and I couldn't be more happy about that. So off we go. Today we're going to talk about come when called. Now um, some of the things I'm going to uh, present to you guys might seem a little odd or a little bit foreign or even like counter logic to what you would normally think but we have to realize that in human culture and human society we do things one way but in canine societies and culture it's totally different and come when called is a great example of that um, I'll refer to it as recall or just come from here on out in the podcast so first of all when I get a puppy and my clients come to me with a brand new dog you know of course they want to talk about the typical stuff they want to talk about potty training uh, so the accidents don't happen in the house they want to talk about uh, teething and chewing and, and biting. Uh, they want to talk about other things like, uh, you know, just basic obedience stuff and, and how do we get to the fun stuff. And Well, really, there's, there's a couple commands that uh, straight off that you need and I start working on right away. Um, obviously, simple ones like sit and down. Yeah, absolutely. That would be within the first session when I, when I meet a brand new puppy that's eight weeks or, or older. And um, even when I meet a brand new dog that's, let's say, five, seven years old, same protocol. We're still going to work on sit. We're still going to work on down. But what I add to it is the command called touch. And touch is a little bit different uh, the way I apply it in, in most circumstances because it, it facilitates a couple of different things all in one shot. First of all, a lot of dogs, um, they're come when called command is somewhat tainted or poisoned in, in, in a way. And, and I'll explain this. A lot of times when someone is saying to their dog, you know, dog, come, typically the dog's in trouble or the human owner is already frustrated, angry, upset, embarrassed, or just being impatient. Now, I mean, your dog could be in your backyard, um, doing their business, whatever they're up to, and they just don't want to come in for some reason. And now all of a sudden you're screaming the dog's name and saying, come, come. And right at that moment, you're basically angry with the dog or you're frustrated in some way. Uh, say you have to go to work and you got to get moving and uh, the, the dog's just hanging out. Now, it's unfair to the dog to um, scream at the dog because they're outside being a, being a dog. But a bigger part of this problem is... We've done that several times. 
So the dog is even when when they're a ten week old puppy and they're chewing on a on extension cord across the room. Of course, you're going to scream the dog's name and you're going to say come, or you're going to scream no and then come. So you can see how this like all of a sudden multiplied uh, multiple times over, where the dog gets a negative response for something that we want to be positive. So then when it becomes a critical situation. And when I mean by critical, I mean life-saving uh, moment where your dog's off the, off the leash, your dog's collar is broken, your dog's running free, and you have no control over the dog. Say they're running into traffic. Th- arguably the most horrible situation that any dog owner can go uh, encounter is having their dog loose and running into a busy road. And then you're screaming the dog's name, come, come. And what ends up happening is the dog runs away faster. And everyone reacts the same way. You know, if your four-year-old daughter ran out into the street and, and, and there were cars coming, you're running after that kid and you're going to grab the kid and pull the kid back to safety. And you want to do the same thing with your, with, with your dog because, after all, they are your baby. Now, when you run after the dog, the dog's fear instinct and flight instinct kicks in. So essentially what you're telling the dog is, number one, anytime I scream your name and say, come, you're in trouble. And number two, now in this circumstance, I am in free fall panic. I'm running after you screaming, come, come, come. So already the dog says, no, I'm not coming. Every time, you know, this guy says this, I'm in trouble or, or he's upset. So let me try and avoid that. And then he senses and sees the fear coming out of you. And at that point, he goes into panic mode. So think about it from this perspective. You're chasing the dog and you're panicked. Now, your motives, you want to save the dog from getting hit by a car or getting run over by a bus or whatever and just get him back to safety. Now, the problem is the dog's looking at you, you're panicked, and he thinks, oh my God, there's a bear chasing my family member. The bear is chasing my human. Well, I better run away because the human must know something. The bear's coming this way, so let's run the same way the, 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 the human's running so I can get away and be safe. Well, I mean, at, at the most basic level I've just described, how every dog runs away from an owner in a case of they got off the leash, they got out of the house, they got out of the yard, and you're chasing them around the neighborhood. And at best... They're just running through people's backyards and eventually they get cornered somewhere and and you capture them and bring them back. Or worse comes to worse, they're gone for a couple hours. They come back. They've eaten a bunch of garbage out of the local local pizzeria's uh, dumpster and they come back and they throw up and whatever and they were freaked out, but they're glad to be home. And so are you. Also, you know, ideally no no harm, no foul and no worse for wear. But there are circumstances where the dog could run out get hit by a car, and uh, that would be the end of the dog. So when I get a brand new puppy, there's certain things that we have to achieve straight away. First of all, the dog needs name recognition. You need to be able to say the dog's name and the dog responds to it. And touch, the command I referred to a moment ago, is absolutely essential for this. If you say your dog's name, then touch, and then your hand gesture is going to be taking one of your hands left or right, doesn't matter. And instead of pointing with one finger to the ground, you're going to point with two fingers stacked against each other. And you're going to do 
touch and you're gonna make your two fingers into a target, a pointed target at your side or as low as you can go. So this way your puppy goes from a distance, comes over and their only job to get, get a treat from you, to get a reward and be positive, positively reinforced and acknowledge that you, the dog did the right thing is they come over and they, they bop their nose against your fingers and keep them at your side, keep them in a fixed position like a target. So if this dog comes over and bops their nose, they get a treat. Well, it's fun to do. The dog likes it, and the dog starts learning its name, especially if you have a brand new dog. Now, so that's either a rescue or a brand new puppy you got from a kennel or a breeder or something like that. Really good exercise to do straight away. So, you know, what's the harm of doing it? Absolutely. I tell 100% of my clients that have a puppy, this is exactly what we're going to do. And the dog really likes doing it because they figure out all I got to do is run over there, touch my nose to this guy's fingers, and I get a treat. And I get, I get told I'm a good boy or a good girl, and, you know, things go on. Well, it's extremely powerful. The thing is, is that with the, the, the name recognition, you're saying the dog's name, they turn their head, they realize, hmm, I got to come to you, I got to touch you. Now, there's the, the side effect of this. So when you're putting your, your fingers down on the ground and they actually physically have to touch you, the puppy or the, the dog enjoys this activity and comes over and touches you every single time and touches your hand with your other hand. Uh, guys, with your other hand, grab the dog or touch the dog. Grab the dog's collar, handle the dog's collar, handle their abdomen. So the dog gets used to the idea of you touching them when they touch you. Okay, so what's really awesome about this is if you have an eight-week-old puppy you just got, got from uh, a breeder and you teach this and they figure it out that this is a good thing to do in the first 24 to 48 hours you have them, well, now your dog will come when called. Your dog will acknowledge their name, so they're learning their name rapidly, and you have the ability to get them out of trouble. So I gave the example there, chewing, chewing a sock or a shoe or stealing a, a tissue out of the, out of the, uh, the, the wastebasket chewing on a cable or running free without a leash, without any kind of control into a dangerous situation. Now that could be running towards another dog, running out into traffic, or just maybe even going to fall into an in-ground pool. Whatever the case, you're able to redirect the dog, come to you, physically touch you, get so close that they can physically touch you, and with the other hand you can grab their collar or grab their body and secure them. So number one, you're going to rescue your dog this way. But you're going to be teaching your dog an alternate method to do come when called that has a requirement of actually getting right up close to you and touching you. This is where the people that say the command here or, or come, it doesn't work as well because the dog's not physically touching or, or you're not touching the dog. So a lot of times in that panic scenario, You'll be screaming the dog's name, come, come, come. The dog comes to you, but gets like three feet away, and you go and lunge for them, and guess what happens? They jump back another feet, three feet, they're six feet away. They start going into play bow, or they start figuring, i got to evade this because something's still not right. I can see that the, the human's still stressed and, and still worried and still freaked out about something. I don't know if I should be here. It's not safe. Maybe I should run away some more. Well, at that point, you know, you can keep at it say come, and, and, and maybe it'll work out. Most times it does, because ultimately you're the center of your dog's world. The dog wants to come to you and, and be around you.
in this circumstance, though, when you're panicked, maybe not so much because the, typically the dog doesn't see you lose your mind. Typically the dog doesn't see you get upset or be scared in that way. And it's only when this happens. So the other way to get your dog to do a come when called is actually saying the dog's name and saying come. And the physical cue that I want you guys to understand and, and really um, wrap your heads around kind of goes along with the story that I gave just a moment ago about touch. So if the dog is running through the street in a busy area and you're chasing the dog and you're panicked, well, the dog's fear in instinct says, well, I have to run away from the human because the human's being chased by a bear or an elephant or, or a tiger. Instinct kicks, kicks in and the dog runs further away and is running away from you, rightfully so, because, hey, if we saw each other on the street and you were couple houses down and I came running at you and said, Hey, look out, look out. Somebody's coming. Oh my God. And I'm freaked out. You're going to run the same way I'm running too. It's just natural. Now with a dog, on the other hand, if we reversed it and you said the dog's name and ran the opposite direction, trust me, this works. It sounds insane, but it works. You say the dog's name, you change directions and run, say, come and run. When you're running away, you've just flipped that whole circumstance where you said to the dog, and, and, and you're not literally saying this to them, but as an example and a concept, you're panicked running after the dog, you flip the tables and say, look out dog, there's something chasing you, I'm going to beat you home. And now all of a sudden it becomes fight or flight, and it becomes flight, and you're running the opposite way, and the dog figures out, hey, Wherever my human's going, they're running away. They're panicked. I better follow. And they do. And it's almost 100% of the time. I won't say, I won't say it is 100% because there are dogs that might not come. They might not have a, a layer of trust with you, which is why I would tell you to start with touch first. So they get to, get to trust the idea. Every time I come to the human and I touch their, their, their fingers, I can get something out of this and something good happens. And I get food and I get praise. So why not do it? Now, when it comes down to come when called and you're running the opposite way, the dog is going to chase you, right? So the dog's going to chase you, and the idea is obviously let them catch you. So when, they when, when the dog catches you, grab the dog, praise the dog, pet the dog, and then get the dog into a safe, secure uh, spot. This will save dogs' lives. These two things are absolute lifesavers. And... Um, you know, I, I want to keep this as short and as simple as possible, but I'm going to add a third situation where, where the touch command comes in and it becomes exceptionally powerful. Uh, I recently have a client, uh, Big Dog, and I, every podcast so far I've, I've discussed pretty much one breed, which is a Rottweiler. Um, but this dog is actually a Rottweiler too. Um, she... Um, does normal things that Rottweilers do. She she guards her perimeter. She um, makes sure that anybody that knocks on the door or rings the doorbell hears about the big scary dog that comes uh, on the other side of the door. And also, uh, she likes to jump on people. And if they're nervous, she likes. She, I think she kind of likes the fact that she's a big girl and she's she's a tough dog and uh, she can intimidate people. Um, so when they get nervous, then the owner gets nervous and then everybody's nervous and it's just a weird way to be. Now, I know the dog doesn't really like it, so we practice touch. So somebody knocks on, on the apartment door, 
And instead of the dog running and, and demolishing the door or just bashing into the windows, we will say, you know, dog's name, touch. Okay, so the dog runs over and touches your fingers and then you have the dog sit. Then you issue the leave it command. The dog stares in your eyes for three to five seconds. And guess what? You just fix the whole issue with the dog running and jumping uh, at, at your window or scratching at the door or jumping on a guest that walks through the door. You can get the dog away from the guest for a second, have them relax for a moment, have them sit, and you can even get them to lay down eventually. Now, I mean, this needs to be practiced. You need to do this dozens of times for it to get very effective. But what I'm telling you, though, guys, is that it really will work. And this is certainly a way to get this uh, dog under control. It works really well with reactive dogs. It works very well with um, dogs that are usually like shepherds or working dogs in some way. They need a job to do. So uh, I have a Belgian Malinois mix. For those of you who don't know what that kind of breed is, uh, there are a lot of famous dogs uh, that were Belgian Malinois. Um, Disney had a movie called Max. It came out a couple of years ago. About a Belgian Malinois came home with a uh, 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 guy from the service, and I believe it was a Marine, and went to his uh, his his handler's family after he passed away in combat. Um, th- another very famous uh, Belgian Malinois was named Cairo. Cairo was the uh, dog that they the, the SEAL Team Six brought on the Osama bin Laden raid. So this is the kind of dog I have. Um, she's a mix. And I consider her a unicorn for her breed, but uh, being a unicorn, the definition is, well, she doesn't really act like a Malinois in a lot of senses. She's much more of a nice, gentle, uh, uh, domestic family pet than, than she is a working dog. And let me put this disclaimer out here. The Malinois is probably the only breed I will tell people absolutely do not get unless you're a professional dog trainer. You have a job for this dog to do, i.e. you're going to train the dog to herd sheep or cattle or something like that, or you're going to be in some sort of protection services, security services, like a working canine that would do um, dual-purpose narcotics, uh, drug detection, and maybe protection work where they're biting and and, uh, chasing down bad guys. Think police, military. This is like, you know, having a, you know, a a, a tank uh, or or a furry missile in in your arsenal. It's not generally a, a, a pet. And I know a lot of people, you know, are they glamorize animals like this, but they find it's really hard to handle them. Um, one of my old colleagues from uh, uh, my prior career uh, just got one. And, uh, you know, I, I wish him all the best. And hopefully if he's listening, you know, he can reach out and give me some updates and maybe throw me a question or two because I've been down the block a couple times with this. But anyhow, how I deal with my Belgian Malinois and how I let her be a dog um, in, in a circumstance a delivery guy shows up. So just, just say I'm getting an Amazon package. That truck pulls up. I let her bark and go crazy at the window and at the door. I want anybody coming to this house to know a hundred percent that there is a big dangerous dog at the other side of the door. However, they have their signs up. I'm not letting the dog run loose, but her job is to bark. Her job is to make her presence known and she has a couple seconds to do it. Once she's been able to get her voice out there and say, hey, new guy, or hey, scary person, I'm here, just beware, 
big furry missile with teeth uh, on the other end of this wall. You beware. And then I stop it. So the way it'll look is this. The guy pulls up. Bark, bark, bark. I'll say, Allie, leave it. Down. And she'll lay down. Or I can do, Allie, leave it. She looks at me. Touch. And I put my two fingers together, uh, my index and middle finger together, and I point it down to the ground. She runs over, bops her nose against my finger. I grab her collar or hug her and secure her. Now, all of a sudden, we can have somebody come in. So say I'm, I'm having a plumber come through the door or an electrician, somebody going to do some work in the house, and I can, I can secure her. So this is really what I'm, what I'm proposing that you can do with any dog. Now, my other good friend um, that I've made a couple podcasts for already, um, she has a Rottweiler as well, and her Rottweiler does similar things. See somebody outside. Well, we're going to redirect her, and we're going to do it this way uh, as long as long as we practice leave it, we practice sit, um, we can get the dog to look out the window, bark, 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 leave it, dog turns his head, yes, touch. Now the dog's on her way. Dog touches your fingers, you can have the dog sit at that point, give the dog the treat, and now do we leave it again and look. Have the dog look into your eyes for three to five seconds. At that point, you have the dog going from 100% red zone down to 80, 75%, and we're good. And that is how you can control your dog. It's also the best way that I know that you can get your dog to come when calls and you can secure your dog, whether it's a puppy or a five-year-old or 10-year-old or 13-year-old dog, doesn't matter. It works with all of them. And as long as we've taken some of the, um, some of the muddiness out of the come when called commands, we can still use it but I would say if we're going to use that, let's think of the situation like you're out at a park or a beach and you're about to load up into your car and go home and the dog gets away for some reason. Well, you can do touch, but if the dog's really hauling, you know, <laughs> really hauling away from you, you can get the dog back by saying the dog's name and run the opposite way. And you run the opposite way towards your car. <laughs> you know where the dog's going to end up? Probably in the back seat. So leave that door open. Anyway, guys... This is pretty much it for this podcast. Um, I'm trying to make these a little bit shorter, but uh, as we go on, they're going to get a little bit shorter, and hopefully we're going to pack as much information in there as possible. I thank all of you for listening. I thank you for all the support. And if you do have the time, you can go to anchor.fm and then forward slash adam-casper. Look at my episodes, and on my uh, particular page, you can come up to... Um, uh, a, a section where you can click on support and support will tell you um, you can become a supporter so you can uh, give me a couple bucks uh, if, if, you, if you're so inclined to help support me through this time where I can't actually go into clients homes and help them with their dogs I'm being quarantined from, from most and I'm stepping back from a lot because I don't want to risk the spread of the contagion but you know I mean I'm still going to be here I'm still going to be doing these podcasts and I had planned on it but doing it anyway but i think now is a better time to launch this so you can do a monthly contribution for 9.99 per month 4.99 a month or even a buck 99 cents a month every little bit helps and once i get a certain amount of supporters i actually have um advertising copy that i'll get and i can earn money that way too so it's a kind of feeds everybody and at this point 
Please support your local businesses. I don't care if it's me or anybody else. Order a pizza. You know, pay your housekeeper even though that you've told them to stay home. And, uh, you know, let's all take care of each other. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I will talk to you guys very soon. If you have any questions, contact me, adam at casperdogtraining.com. Or you can hit me up on Facebook, um, Casper Dog Training. You can see me on Instagram, Casper Dog Training. And I think I have a Twitter account, too. It doesn't say Casper Dog Training. I think it says Casper Dog Train. Anyway, I will see you all soon. Thank you so much, and cheers.